Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I am here with Corey Smith from Pack Pride. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, man. Doing good. Just uh, as we talked about on on our pod, uh, on our podcast that we just did, uh, woke up a little bit early this morning, didn't get the workout that you did, but uh, I'm doing good this morning. Hey, no, that's all we can ask for. Doing good. Um, so in case you don't know, Corey Smith, like I said, he is uh, the publisher at Pack Pride, which is NC State's uh, 24-7 sports site. Uh, Corey always does a really good job, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, um, um, both, foot, both recruiting and the actual X's and O's things. So, you know, I wanted to get a little bit of an insight to NC State week. I know I didn't do one last week. Apparently, I am o- we are 0-2 when Cam does not do a Thursday podcast. Um, we- All right, so we're getting off of this one right now is what we're yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we're going to give the people what they want here. So, Corey, you know, I, before we get to, you know, kind of the nitty-gritty of things, you know, what's been the, the roller coaster that's been NC State's season so far? <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of injuries, but it's also a little bit of just inconsistency within the offense. Uh, you know, whether it was Devin Leary under center or, uh, you know, Jack Chambers for a little bit there and now MJ Morris, you know, obviously MJ Morris had the second half that he did. And, you know, Devin Leary did some great things against, you know, UConn and Central Connecticut, uh, but, uh, or and I take that back, Charleston Southern, uh, but outside of that, it's it's been a lot of kind of, you know, putting the governor on this this offense so far. It, it hasn't been let go uh, until NC State got down 21 to three against a, a really bad Virginia Tech team and your your backs against the wall. So, you know, the defense has been just as strong as people expected this season. It's been more healthy uh, to this point than I think people even expected. You know, obviously you lose Savion Jackson this past week for the entire season and he lost Peyton Wilson for a couple games there, but he comes back. He's fully healthy. Uh, and then you know, he lost Tyler Baker Williams for a little while there. It's kind of the heartbeat of this defense and they get him back. But, you know, the defense is held strong all season long. It's the offense that's been the biggest question mark. And, you know, you get some guys healthy. Trent Penix is back and now you have Devin Carter back. But it's it's seeing what this offense is going to be able to do consistently throughout an entire game, not just, you know, one quarter, like a fourth quarter, like you saw this past week, or, you know, being able to to have one consistent drive uh, against a Clemson team, you know, several weeks ago, it's, it's being able to sustain that over the course of an entire game. And, and I think that if you're able to do that, uh, then maybe the roller coaster just kind of continues to, to go upward. <laughs> 
I, I have I have Tim Beck circled in my notes for later, so I will I will be circling back to to, to Tim yeah. Beck. Um, for those who don't know, Tim Beck, offensive coordinator for NC State. Um, yeah. kind of moving on to that Virginia Tech games, I think that's you know it's hard to really compare what NC State's done in the earlier other games, whether it be Clemson, whether it be ECU, just because I mean, but you're without Devin Leary, and you know I think that while people think that just affects the the offense, I think it really does affect the defense as well. So, and I mean, the game against Syracuse, I warn everyone, going up to Syracuse is just a terrible thing. Stop yeah. doing it. it, it is, that, that is a weird place to play. But with that Thursday night game, which has been a weird game for the ACC all year, you know, can you walk us through both, I mean, offensive and defensively, like, what snapped in that third quarter? Because I feel like the first the first half was like, okay, about what we all expected, you know, NC State, new quarterback, Virginia Tech, bad fine but then third quarter things just kind of went haywire for both teams <laughs> yeah it was kind of a rock fight in the first half is is what i i compared it to i mean nc state gave up a total of 42 yards in the first half and then gave up almost 250 uh in the third quarter but yeah i mean what what happens and this is a an area that wake forest can probably exploit is hitting deep passes i mean you know shaheen battle got beat twice uh in that that's that third quarter uh, they ended up moving actually Tyler Baker Williams that I just discussed. They moved him out to that outside uh, that boundary corner spot uh, from his typical, uh, you know, being at the nickel position, uh, and he ended up being able to to kind of hold things down there a lot better than Shaheen did. Uh, and then you know NC State is able to to get some confidence. I mean, you know, Dave Doran talks a lot about this, and obviously a lot of coaches across the country talk about complementary football. You want to be able to. You know, your offense be able to complement your defense and your defense be able to get off the field to help your offense. Well, as as good as NC State's defense was in the first half, the offense was still abysmal. You know, they weren't able to get anything going. They they got a couple, you know, solid plays, but not any solid drives. Uh, and then you saw in the third quarter, finally, once that offense got going, the defense is going, all right, if, if we get off the field, we can set up for MJ Morris. We can set up for this offense to do exactly what we just saw. You know, that 35-yard pass that Thayer Thomas kind of changed things a little bit for this, you know, not only the you know the game, but for this mindset of this offense and defense uh, that, that they have somebody that can, you know, lead them back to, to where they wanted to be. So uh, there will be a lot, of, a lot of questions answered uh, in this game against Wake Forest because, you know, people – blindly forget about the fact that MJ Morris nearly threw an interception at the end of the first half. They blindly forget about the fact that there was nearly an interception uh, in the second half too. So that would have completely changed the complexion of this game too. But uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what, what this team is capable of uh, this coming up weekend, because you know, both of them kind of believe in each other now. Uh, but if things go South again, you know, how, how well do they respond? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of leads into my next question is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Saturday night game. There are a lot of implications on the line. I mean, you have between Wake, Syracuse, NC State, North Carolina, you have four teams that are vying for that orange baller spot. Granted, if, you know, Clemson kind of runs the table and beats and wins an AC championship game. Yeah. Um, you know, how much of this is going to be an oh, NC State team really juiced up to play a, a Saturday night game, but with so much on the line? Is it, is there a sense that, you know, people can be too juiced up for this, especially with a true freshman coming in at quarterback? Yeah, it's funny because I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago where, you know, NC State lost to Syracuse and Wake Forest won and uh, or no Clemson won against Wake Forest. Uh, and that completely changed the mindset for NC State where it's like, all right, 
we're out of it for an ACC championship game. That's probably not going to happen. You know, Clemson only has two games in ACC play left, blah, blah, blah. Well, now you go from a team that's saying, all right, five and two, we just want to get to, to bowl contention and figure out things. Well, now they think they've got the offense figured out. They think they've got the, you know, the defense has still been strong. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the mindset now is, man, we, can we really do this? Can we can we get back in this thing and, and get to 10 and two or get to nine and three and get to the Orange Bowl? Uh, and and again, that's like you said, that can be a dangerous thing. This, the, you know, the the offense led by a true freshman quarterback, you get a little too overconfident. You start chucking the ball down the field a little too often. You, you walk yourself into some interceptions. You walk yourself into some turnovers, uh, as Wake Forest found out uh, this past weekend <laughs> against Louisville. So those those types of things can happen. And you just if you get a little too confident in what you can do and you think, all right, we can we can beat this team if we do X, Y, Z. Well, you have to be able to do those things uh, first and do them consistently in order to win these games. And yeah, I mean, having a, a home crowd that can be hyped up, but also as we've seen the last couple weeks, you know, at home, the, the boo birds can start flying. If you, uh, you know, if you're not doing the things that they, they want to see from you uh, with Tim Beck in this offense too. So, I mean, mention the name Tim Beck before I get to the defense. I, want to I was giving of, you the uh, natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think, I think the stat was what seven straight quarters without scoring a touchdown. Um, yes. I mean, we, we saw going to that the late third or fourth, like, there was just no sort of imagination going on with that. And I get part of it is you're dealing with either a walk-on quarterback in Jack Chambers or very our true freshman, but then you saw things kind of open up on the fourth quarter. You know, I kind of think I, I was talking to a couple of NC State people and I was like, there are kind of three answers to what just happened. Either Devin Leary wasn't good enough to make reads, which I don't think is true in the slightest. I think Devin Leary, like when I did my, the preseason stuff, I think Devin Leary was my number two choice for like preseason player of the year. I don't think that's the right answer. Answer number two, Tim Beck waited until essentially the season was on the line to open up the playbook. Or number three, MJ Morris just said, screw it, I'm just going to go win this game. You know, what is, what's really been Tim Beck's sort of philosophy? You know, what, what I don't want to say what grade you give him, but like what's kind of just been his thing in terms of opening up the playbook and kind of getting the offense where I think a lot of NC State fans and writers think and know this offense can be. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that it was too much of opening up the playbook. It was more of just kind of going, all right, let's run some vertical routes. Let's see, you know, guys that get open. Uh, and Terrell Timmons was was really, you know, big in that game this past weekend. Another true freshman, uh, he catches a really big pass down the field, you know, right after the Thayer Thomas touchdown on the very next drive. You know, MJ Morris is moving the ball a little bit, and then he hits a, a deep pass. I think it was 43 or 44 yards all through the air to Terrell Timmons, who comes down with it, fights against a, you know, against a Virginia Tech DB, who is also a true freshman, comes down with it, and that sets up the next touchdown. So there was kind of a, yeah, there, there, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of the last two, because I definitely don't think it was Devin Leary making right. the wrong reads. It was, you know, I've heard behind the scenes at the beginning of the season, Devin Leary was kind of playing things a little bit safer than they wanted to. And this is not a, you know, this is nothing against Devin Leary, yeah. but you know, they they wanted to see him throw the ball down the field. There were routes for him to throw the ball down the field, whether it was him, you know, not trusting the the wide receivers to be able to come down with 50-50 balls or him just not wanting to throw interceptions and, and making, you know, having a bad image of, of him after, you know, throwing for 35 touchdowns last year and only five interceptions. You know, those those types of things were what we talked about all offseason because he's safe with the football. 
it didn't lead to the success of the offense. Now you've got a guy in MJ Morris who was kind of a, hey, all these things are breaking case of emergency. And Thursday night last week was an emergency. You cannot lose to Virginia Tech uh, and say that, oh, hey, we're going to figure things out this season. So they they break that in case of emergency. He starts throwing the ball down the field. You see the success of it. Uh, so I think it was a combination of the last two things. I also think you know, some of the struggles at the beginning of the season were also wide receivers just not getting separation. You know, Devin Carter that you expected to come into the season and be, you know, a really strong wide receiver and, and progress and become this year's the Mecca Mezzi. He just did it. Uh, you know, Thayer Thomas has been consistent, but hadn't really shown any dynamic playmaking so far this season. That 35 yard reception he had in the last game was huge for him and the confidence that the team has in him. And then that little bubble screen that they throw to him, he, he's able to kind of squeak out and get to, uh, you know, get in for a touchdown. That was huge as well. So we'll see exactly what this team is able to do this coming up weekend. Cause I think, you know, Tim Beck had to get a little more creative. Uh, he pulled out the, you know, the tight end pass that he had uh, that he used against uh, Clemson. I'm, I'll be interested to see if they use that again this weekend uh, against Wake Forest. Cause it's on film now twice uh, with two different players, Trent Penix being the one this past weekend. So uh, I do think they had to get a little more creative. Now, the thing is, do they do they put the governor back on this offense to start off and say, we're going to try to play complimentary football. We're going to give the defense a chance. Or do they say, screw it. We, you know, in order to keep up with Wake Forest, you've got to take some shots down the field and do it early and often. Also, you said something earlier, can't lose the Virginia Tech. Think about that like 10 years ago saying you can't lose Virginia Tech in like this yeah. season. Like, well, oh. that's that's kind of like how it was three years ago against Florida State. We're all going, God, you cannot lose this game against Florida State or or your season's just down the drain. I would have never thought saying that, you know, a, a decade ago or even, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah, six, yeah. No, how time times can change fast. And I think that's something people really need to kind of get a grasp with. Uh, so you, can kind of move to, you can afford to lose to Wake Forest, but you can't afford to lose to Virginia Tech. Hey man, so what, one of these teams wins nine wins nine games. The other one can barely make a bowl. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so kicking it over to the defense. I mean, three three five is always a, a fun defense. Whenever I'm kind of watching things, you know, it's it, it never looks like a three three five. It's always just people were just everywhere. It's one of those things of I kind of actually equate it to like I played a real kickball, and it's like wow, there's just people like like fanning out everywhere. Where am I supposed to go with the ball? But it's really it's really been something NC State's really like leaned on and. It's been a very successful for them, obviously, the last few years. You know, how how is that team, how is that defense really progressed this year? You know, I mean, you guys return essentially what I would call the best linebacking core in, in the country at this point. You know, what's kind of been going on with defense? Yeah, I mean, again, it's been staying healthy, uh, you know, and knock on wood here. Uh, obviously, Peyton Wilson out after the first game, was out for one game, comes back, and he's he's been fully healthy ever since. Uh, he's been one of their leaders, Drake Thomas, the leader in tackles right now. And then, you know, Isaiah Moore, who was lost halfway through the season last year, he's been on the field every single game so far. So it's it's not only been returning the best linebacker core, it's been returning the best linebacker core that's been healthy as well. And it, that's that was not a guarantee going into the season. Everybody's just kind of going, all right, well, yeah, it's, it's great, but who's going to go down first? And uh, that hasn't happened so far this season. They've also kept a, a pretty solid rotation with guys that were, you know, that stepped up last year. Devin Betty, obviously a guy that played a lot last year. Uh, and then you've got Jalen Scott. And then you've had a, a rotation of a couple guys uh, at that that kind of six linebacker spot too. And then, you know, the, deep, the defensive backs, I think a lot of people kind of went, oh man, the linebackers are going to be great this season. And that's going to be the heart and soul of the NC State defense. And it is. 
but they returned all five guys that were starters last year too uh, to this defensive back core. Uh, whether it's this, you know whether it's strong safety, free safety, two defensive backs, and then obviously a nickel with Tyler Baker Williams, as I said, being out for a little while, but he's been back uh, the last several weeks. So that defensive back core has been really good. Like I said. Shaheen Battle struggled a little bit at times. Dariq Pitts only played special teams this past week. Aiden White has been the guy that's really stepped up this season. Uh, a guy from, you know, kind of that area, uh, you know, played at, at Christ School as well, came into NC State, a really kind of big body defensive back uh, that's played extremely well so far this season. Uh, believe right now, I want to say he's tied or at the top of NC State's uh, interceptions list so far. I don't have the stats in front of me, but. Uh, a guy that had a pick six earlier this season that was like an 80-plus yard pick six against Texas Tech that completely flipped that game. So he can be a game-changer in this defense. And I think not only do you have a strong linebacker core, but you know with having guys like that that can change a game. And, and a guy like Davin Van, uh, Corey Durden uh, at the, you know, along the defensive front uh, and the way they can change games, and C.J. Clark stepping up with Savion Jackson being down. This defense has been just as good, if not better, than most people expected heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, obviously with them being that good, I mean, there's not really a lot of holes to really poke. I can't usually when I'm on these things, I can be like, oh well, you know, there's this one little part here. It's like I can poke. No, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been. I want to do my film room. It's a good defense. Like there's not a lot of things to poke. Well, you know, I guess from since you kind of cover them a lot more than I do, obviously, you know, what's the one thing they can't do on defense if they want to come out on top and, and Carter Finley? <laughs> Yeah, you know, the big thing they've got to do, and they were able to do it in the second half against Virginia Tech this past week, and we'll see if they're able to do it against Wake Forest, is is getting to the quarterback. I mean, that has been a glaring issue for this team is not only, you know, they, they get to the quarterback and they've been able to, you know, upset some things and, and getting quarterback hits and things like that but they haven't been able to finish and that's led to some big rushing plays. We saw Grant Wells rush for a touchdown this past week, you know, and that's, that's not something that you can afford. actually rush for two touchdowns. One of which was one of which was a design rush. You know, they throw right. the running back in uh, as an extra blocker and, and he's able to get, you know, a three or four yard pickup. The next one was, you know, a scramble. He's, he's able to get out of the pocket NC State loses contain, which has been a regular thing this season. So they cannot allow Sam Hartman to do that. And it's not necessarily saying, you know, Sam Hartman's going to pick up a, you know, a, a 30, 40 yard gain or something along the lines like Jordan Travis had. Right. But you cannot allow uh, for, for Sam Hartman to be able to pick up those, you know, third and 13 and he scrambles and gets 14 yards uh, to, to convert and, and pick, you know, go after the very next play. You cannot allow for little things like that to happen, to lose contain on the mesh. Uh, so those types of things can't happen. Obviously, Wake Forest is probably going to be able to hit some deep shots. I mean, there's 1,800 wide receivers on this roster that can play uh, on any given Saturday. But for NC State, you have to be able to keep contain on Sam Hartman, get him down a couple of times and and you know get it in his head that somebody's going to be able to come in after him. If not, by the third quarter, he's going to be able to pick you apart. Yeah, I mean, you, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, friend of the program, Josh Goodson, had an interesting stat the other day that in last year's game, we had 12 third and eight pluses and one fourth and nine, and they converted seven of those last year. Yeah. And that was that was where the game was was won, was NC State just kept giving up those back-breaking third and longs. Yeah, and well, I think going into that last year, I think 
Wake was number one in con- in third down conversion. NC State was like number two, I think, maybe behind Clemson in third down conversion. And it, you know, in terms of defensively, so it was like that was the matchup that you had to watch. And and Wake just killed them. I mean, whether it was third and long or third and short, they just continued to be able to to drive down the field methodically. Yeah, no, and I think I honestly think that might be a place where Wake Forest might have to succeed again. I, I don't know if Wake will necessarily be able to run the ball as successfully as they'll want to be, just given what I think NC State will try to do. So I think, you know, NC State ha- will have their hands full of saying, you know, it's third and seven. Are they going to, are you going to let us beat? Are you going to beat us? Yes, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, kind of, kind of moving forward to, you know, it's always special teams is something that people never really like talking about. But I think when you have a guy like Christopher Dunn, you got to bring him up. I mean, what's been the story with him so far? <laughs> well, so far, I believe uh, 15 of 15, again, knock on wood anytime you're talking about the kicking game because it, it can change at any given time. But he's been, you know, I think there was a question mark going into the season because he's been, you know, dinged up over the last couple of years, whether it was a hamstring injury, whether it was, you know, I, I, can't, I can't remember even what it was the year prior. He had to have surgery going into uh, his junior season, but he's been fully healthy this year. Uh, he's also not had any, you know, kickoff duties or anything along those lines. Uh, and typically they've been, you know, NC State's been able to kind of take him off of that, but you know, there's been less stress on him and that's led to him. You know, he kicked a 53 yarder a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's, I think right now the numbers still hold, I believe he has eight kicks of over, uh, 40 yards so far this season. He had, I believe seven total uh, in his career prior to this year. So that's already, uh, or actually it's already more than he's ever had in a single season, obviously, but, uh, he's exceeded, I think, almost his career total in 40-plus yards this season. Uh, he's come out. This has been, you know, this is a money year for a kicker. Uh, he was listed as a, a mid-season All-American across most platforms uh, going into, you know, the second half of the season. Obviously, that's not what NC State necessarily wants. You don't want to say, oh, man, we got to do this just kicking a ton of 40-plus yarders. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you convert on a couple of those, but – and, you know, we, and we saw it this past week. He only kicked one field goal, and that's kind of where NC State wants it to be. You want him to be that, hey, we, we can't convert. Uh, we want to be able to kick a, a field goal uh, every once in a while. But uh, he's been just remarkably consistent this season. And, you know, the, the the special teams as a whole has been really good. You know, Thayer Thomas, when he has a chance, has had some good punt returns to put NC State in good position. I think back to the ECU game. Uh, there was one where he put him in a really good position, almost in the red zone, uh, and NC State wasn't able to uh, to get a touchdown out of it because of a you know fourth down stand for ECU. But uh, NC State has been really good on special teams again this season. Uh, we'll see how well that you know that shows out again this coming up weekend against Wake Forest that that has struggled at times, uh, you know, special teams wise. So we'll see exactly where that where that heads. No, no, I think that's that's pretty fair. No, I think I think I, I know. Special teams are always, you know, we've got to win special teams, but I think that's going to be one place where I think both teams are going to put a bunch of emphasis on that. I know a lot yesterday in Dave Boston's press conference, he he went out of his way to point out NC State is one of the, they, they think NC State is one of the most well-coached teams in special teams in the country. And I think that's... Yeah, Todd Goble does a terrific job. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So before I get to kind of a prediction sort of thing, I, I like doing a you know kind of high-level thing. It's always hard to figure out, you know, where a program should be, not just this year, but just in general. And I think NC State might be a, a program or fan base that kind of struggles with that. I mean, it is, I mean, from the way perspective, it is kind of fun sometimes, but like, oh, this year is NC State year. And it's just like, ah, well, they'll finish eight and four, nine and three again. But I mean, it's 
it's hard to win games. It, I, I think I, I, from just every sort of outs- outset, it's hard to win eight, nine, ten games. Nick Saban will tell you that. Kirby Smart will tell you that. Dave Gloss and Dave Doran will tell you that. I mean, just from a whole, I mean, where do you think NC State is? Is that where is that where they should be? Slash, if that's not where they should be, how do they get forward? <laughs> yeah, I think the hope going into the season for a lot of NC State fans was obviously to be able to win an ACC championship. If if not win, at the very least, the Atlantic and see where things go from there. Uh, but that was all going to hinge on on Devin Leary having the type of season that a lot of people expected. I mean, I, I said it before the season. I was like, I think if Devin Leary throws for over 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, they put the offense on his shoulders, then they have a very good shot of winning the ACC. The issue is Devin Leary wasn't great at the beginning of the season. The offense wasn't great. The defense held held suit for most, most of the time, but they weren't a complete team. Uh, through the first six games, and then you lose Devin Leary, and that completely changed the complexion of this team. So I think they didn't meet expectations with Devin Leary on the field. Now it's, do you meet expectations? This is kind of leading, this kind of goes back to the 2020 season. This is where NC State is now. You lose Devin Leary, and can you meet those expectations that you set for yourself moving forward? Uh, can you get to, you know, try to get to eight wins, nine wins, uh, still? You know, now you're at six wins after a really hard-fought Virginia Tech game. Can you find a way to upset Wake Forest? Can you find a way to upset UNC? Can you handle business against a a Boston College team that is terrible? Probably actually the worst in the ACC now after losing to UConn. Uh, And then find a way to win against Louisville, as Wake Forest found out this past week, is very difficult to do on the road with Malik Cunningham and, and what they can do defensively. So this is a, you know, now a gut check time for this program. So do I think they're where they wanted to be in preseason expectations? Absolutely not. This is not where, where Dave Doran wanted to be according to preseason expectations, but can they figure things out the rest of the way and, and say and salvage this season and figure out if they have their quarterback of the future going into next year. Uh, and I think that would kind of reset the clock for, for Dave Doran and, and a lot of these guys uh, and, you know, change the expectations for next year too. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I feel like that's a much more reasonable take than what I see scrolling through Twitter most of the time. Boy. Yeah, um, I, there's there's a very large. I mean, and it's it's Wake Forest too. You know, there's and, and programs all across the country. There's a fringe part of the fan base that you see on Twitter, and if you follow those guys, like that's that's you know where. You, and I know Josh kind of snapped. You mentioned Josh earlier. Josh snapped on Thursday night, and uh, <laughs> that was I don't know if that was too many beverages for him or. Just, you know, just the, the fact that he's been, you know, watching this for too long. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, if you look at it realistically, the expectations moving forward for this program is if they can salvage eight, nine wins, that's a, a massive win uh, for this program, especially heading into next year. If you can figure out right. offensively and, and figure out, you know, a lot of the guys defensively that, that could potentially come back. Right. Um, you know, so kind of wrap me wrap things up. You know, the spread has really settled in at four and a half. It spiked five and a half, but it really is settling around four and a half. You know, you don't have to give me a score, but how do you think this game kind of scripts out? Well, in order for NC State to win it, <laughs> uh, I think it's gonna. I mean, and I, I said this on our podcast too. I think you know it's gonna have to be keeping Wake to less than thirty points, which is a very very difficult task. I mean, it's something that they've only done. Uh, so far the season once, and that was against Louisville, 
uh, you know, less 21 points. I don't think they're, they're able to get in a shootout like uh, Clemson did against Wake Forest and be able to win that game. Uh, so this is a game that if, if NC State's going to win it, it has to be on the backs of the defense and, you know, this offense coming out and doing everything it possibly can. Whether, you know, if, if that's throwing a couple interceptions, if that's turning the ball over a little bit, that means that you're taking deep shots down the field. That means you're you're making the most of your opportunities. But I think realistically, if we're looking at this game, I think this is a game that Wake Forest probably does win, probably does cover the spread. I think it's probably a, you know, 35 to 27 type of game uh, for, for Wake Forest to, to come out with the win in this one. Uh, so while a lot of times I'm, I'm looking at this and going, how, how does NC State win this game? I think it's going to be a lot of things going very right for NC State and a lot of things going very wrong for Wake Forest uh, in order for NC State to win this game. And having what happened this past week, I don't think Dave Clawson uh, allows that to happen, especially against an in-state rival, a team that you're competing with on the recruiting trail on a constant basis for guys that you really want. Uh, if you're able to say, you know, we beat them two years in a row, you know, whatever it is, four out of the last five, something along those lines, like you can say, come here, we're going to win. You know, we're going to win the state. We're going to try to get to that point. Uh, and and you have a chance to do that over these next two weeks for Wake Forest. I don't think they missed this opportunity. That's a, a very level-headed. I might, I would probably agree. I'm with sorry. That, I mean, I'm sorry for the level-headed take. <laughs> <laughs> I need people yelling about this. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you. NC State just suddenly has six sacks <laughs> against against you know Sam Hartman. They pick him off you know four times or something along those lines. Like it's just in, in order for NC State to do it, they're gonna have to do what they did late third quarter and the fourth quarter, the entire stretch of the game, uh, and be able to you know come back from those shots that Wake Forest is gonna give them. And and I just I do think that that MJ Morris makes some mistakes in this game. I think the offense makes some mistakes. Uh, and it's how they're able to bounce back moving forward after this game that that I think is going to say a lot about where this team is. Yeah, no, I mean, I mentioned it on your podcast. I mean, Wake Forest fans know a lot about a quarterback playing in their first game or really second game on Carter Finley on a Thursday night and having a very great second half and then what happens the next week. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there – I think expectations around everyone are just we will see what happens when it happens. Um, just Corey, hopefully MJ Morris doesn't go to Georgia during his junior year. I mean, if he wants to, go for it, man. You can go to Athens if he wants to. There's nothing to do there. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, this has been fantastic. Um, as always, want to plug you. Where can people find your work? Where can they just interact with you? Yeah, obviously on Twitter, it's at R. Corey Smith, and that is Corey with no E. Uh, so you can find me there, or you can follow on Pack Pride or at Pack Pride on Twitter, Instagram, or on TikTok. Yay. Uh, so you can follow us along there. Uh, so at Cam, I appreciate it as always, man. Of course, of course. Uh, also, do you interact with a lot of people with Corey with an E? I don't think I've ever met a Corey with an E, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I get that a lot. Like, you know, people send people send emails and they're like, man, I forgot that it's without an E. Uh, and, you know, so I, I get that a lot for some reason. And, and whatever reason, I feel bad for Corey Durden, too, because he's really going through it. Uh, everybody spells his name, even the... Uh, even the NC State Snapchat, the, the Snapchat <laughs> pack, Corey Durden, C-O-R-E-Y. So uh, maybe we'll eventually get that fixed, but we'll see. He's, he's you know, only got five <laughs> games left in his career at this point. That's fair. That's fair. Well, as always, Corey, this has been great. Thank you so much. As always, good deeks. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! 
A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.